Hello and welcome to the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast. I'm Mel Luizu and together with my guests, we explore all different aspects of leadership in higher education. With inspiring stories, practical tips and a little bit of fishiness, this show will help you dive deep into the leader you are and climb high, unleashing your power and potential. Dive deep, climb high, can-do leadership in a world of can't. Before we get started, are you wanting to develop your leadership skills? Then why not join my six-month transformational leadership programme, which combines one-to-one coaching with live group sessions. To find out more, head over to my website, www.fishclimbtrees.co.uk or book a call with me using the Calendly link in the show notes. Together, we will dive deep and climb high. Today, we're going to be diving deep into the world of recruitment. We all know that recruiting good people into our teams can be an absolute joy. But when something goes wrong, it can be a bit of a nightmare. In my time, I've made some amazing appointments, but I've also made some really bad choices. So for me, recruitment can feel like a bit of a lottery. Thank goodness then that unlike me, my guest today is an expert in her field. Before moving into the world of recruitment, she worked for the Rugby Football Union Education Department, leading on international projects. Nowadays, she spends much of her time working with accommodation and commercial teams, helping them recruit the best people. And just like the rest of her colleagues at the Management Recruitment Group, my guest has a real understanding of the higher education sector and the challenges it faces. She is wonderfully straight talking, so I cannot wait to dive into this conversation. Please welcome Hayley Minton. Hi Hayley. Hi, nice to meet you Mel. Thank you for inviting me as part of this podcast. You are very, very welcome. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good. So I know that MRG, Management Recruitment Group, is well known across the sector. I know there's other people you'd like to reach out to as well. So I'm really interested, probably a good place for us to start is to understand your journey and how you've ended up in this space. It's like all these things, isn't it? You know, people end up falling into their different jobs but I've always had a passion for education and as you mentioned earlier I started within the sports development side of the business so had deep-rooted connections with higher education with independent schools FE colleges and then when I actually met with the team at the management recruitment group Michael Hewlett and Ben Duffel been working with higher education for five or six years at that point and had a really deep understanding of estates and facilities management and they could see at the time there was an 
opportunity to expand that into commercial services, student accommodation. And, and my background linked really well because obviously we were doing a lot in, in terms of sports facilities. Um, they were a natural first commercialization for many HE providers. Um, and that link with student accommodation is very customer focused. It's very much around having reactive and, and fast moving teams. So it sort of was a, a partnership meant to be really and here I am seven years later where I've been recruiting into the HE space I absolutely love it the people that you engage with on a day-to-day basis the passion and um, that people have for their jobs I don't think you'd get that in any other sector really I would agree with that and and we meet up regularly don't we every every sort of I don't know few months or so and your passion and your knowledge of the sector and just what is going on is quite incredible and probably better than any other recruitment person agency that I've ever worked with really. I guess that's just because I like to talk a lot so they you know they do say don't they the more connections you have the more you get to know it and I I do have good listening skills actually so people often phone me for kind of a chat and a conversation and you know, you really want to get under the skin of the people you're working with and what their motivations are, what their future drives are. And for me, it's very much around understanding that. So I'll ask a lot of questions, but I do listen as well. And I think that gives that kind of knowledge, really, in terms of what's happening in the sector. Also make sure I keep up to date with all the publications, all the sort of various web channels, all the news articles, just because actually when you're talking to people, they want to understand that you know what's happening. You know, higher education over the last couple of years has, has been through a number of changes. A lot of those obviously brought on by the pandemic and you need to know what's happening. And I think for us, the other thing is each city and each university has its own nuances. It has its own identity. It has its own culture. And and you really have to find out what that's about, you know, how they're going to attract those people locally. What are their things that they're looking to achieve? What is their student population like? And there isn't a one size fits all for each university, which is what really makes it attractive for me working in this space. But it means you do have to do a lot of talking and listening to keep up to speed with what's going on. And you do that so well, so well. So there are so many aspects of of recruitment that that we can we could focus on today i think the interesting piece for me and if this is okay with you is to look at that real initial piece of work because often when we're we're recruiting somebody the first thing that we do is get the job description out have a look see if it's pertinent what needs to change what's gone on in the the time that the previous incumbent has been there but actually we don't often think, even with quite senior roles, about that strategic piece and how important that is to eventually recruiting the right person into the job. Yeah, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I think the recruitment market is really difficult at the moment. It's We're seeing across all different sectors, shortage of candidates, people accepting counteroffers, not looking at career moves because they haven't been able to deliver their job for the last two years, which fundamentally means it's so vital to get it right every aspect of of the recruitment process and that's from as you say getting that job description right making sure it really aligns with the strategy the vision what university or the team are looking to deliver 
the team fit, you know, what your kind of non-negotiables are for this person. And then how do you go about marketing and attracting that role? So very much we've all been guilty of it, looking at a CV and, and assuming that's because somebody's worked at a competitor organisation, they can do the job. But actually, we need to be broader in terms of our search now, looking at more personality traits for individuals and how they can fit within a team or whether there's skills from other sectors, leisure, hospitality, retail that can transfer in because that person's got the core skill set. So we've done a lot of work actually with our partners, Thomas International, who are a personality profiling expert. And we actually worked with one of the student accommodation providers on a bit of a trial piece of work where we solely assess people on their emotional intelligence. So we didn't present a single CV. We just presented five individuals that met the key competencies they were looking for around emotional intelligence. And that was a really interesting piece of work because you're moving away from that traditional CV and you're looking at more of the person and, and their dynamic within the team and how they're going to fit longer term, um, hopefully being a really successful appointment within an organisation. Wow, that, that's incredible. So tell me more about that project. Please tell me more. Really exciting. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a trial um, with a student accommodation provider and they, they weren't sure where they would get candidates from but they knew they didn't necessarily just want to take from another big provider and make the same mistakes again so they were looking at people that could work closely with the students that had the emotional intelligence to understand um, the stresses of the environment but not take them home and not affect their personal life people that were really engaging and that also understood how they had that bit of energy and a bit of spark to them so we went through and we shortlisted a lot of people from the leisure sector, from hospitality sector, from schools, from local government, local authorities, people that had been working in in that sort of environment. And then we then put them through an emotional intelligence test with Thomas International. And we had a will that basically came up with the competencies we were looking for. And there was five people that scored above 80% of those competencies, which we then put through to the interview stage. And it was really interesting. It was somebody from a leisure environment, you know, that had all those competencies that moved into the role. But presenting without a CV or without any background around people was certainly an eye opener because you really had to drill into them as an individual and their motivations and, and what that looked like. But that actually opened up a whole candidate pool for us because we then realised that the leisure sector is very similar to student accommodation in terms of it's very service driven, they're very membership focused, there's often a sales element to the role and they're fast paced, busy 24-7 operations. So you may not have thought of somebody working from a gym moving into student accommodation, but actually the role is very similar in terms of the type of person. I love that because I suppose in some way you're reducing the amount of bias that people have. When you do look at a CV, you do. You look down and you, oh, that's a yes or that's a no. And those various boxes that that I suppose we go through and and tick. So, Yeah, absolutely. And I think with a lot of the universities we work with, we do anonymous shortlisting anyway to, to sort of take away any bias. And we've all undertaken the unconscious bias training. So we're always looking for ways that we can open that up and and take away people's prejudged ideas and 
whether that's a certain type of school they went to or if they've had a career break or um, if that's something around where they live, you know, we're looking to take away and remove all of those factors. So we're doing more and more where it's it's just about the person and their skill set and what they've delivered and how we think they're going to fit into the team. So definitely a non my shortlist. I would do always... It is always a challenge if you're trying to present somebody as a candidate A, B, C and not a he, yeah. she or an A. But, you know, it, it definitely opens up who people will interview and they go into those interviews without those preconceived ideas. But it's difficult to train managers to interview in that style. It's hard enough to get managers to interview through a competency-based interview and to assess them against the role there is some training that would need to take place for most people because I think lots of people are not that good at interviewing if I'm honest with you they have an idea in their head around what they're looking to achieve and they don't necessarily drill into that and you can obviously build different practices in and you can make sure that you've got assessments and written assessments and online profiling now to litigate that risk as much as possible but actually it comes down to that human interaction of having a conversation and making sure that you understand what somebody's saying making sure you understand what they've done before and, and how that will fit and to me Leadership is something that comes right from that very beginning. So it's all about having that vision laid out at the interview. You know, you're selling to the candidates, you're selling as part of this process. And lots of people don't do that in interviews, which is always a challenge, really. And certainly a challenge we have in, in the sector, because often, particularly if you're looking at sort of commercial teams, the interview structure is quite rigid. And, you know, you're often in front of a panel, which is, is absolutely right. But you lose that bit of of human interaction with the manager. So we always encourage informal first stage interviews where we can, because you build that rapport early on. You can sell your vision. You can showcase how you lead your team. You can showcase what the strategy is going forward. That then means that people coming into the panel interviews are, are much more prepared. They are able to articulate what they would do and how they would achieve that in a role. If they go straight into the panel interview, it can be really challenging because they just haven't built that rapport with the hiring manager. I think that is so important. And I remember for one institution that I work with, this was a long time ago, we had sort of an open evening and we had a video and we were very, very clear about the type of person that we were looking for, because it, it is a two way process. And I think we sometimes forget that. And I think it's even more important, you know, in the environment we are now that that actually it's just as important that the candidates feel that they're making the right choice and that it is both sides. It, it's almost like a partnership, you know, wherever you sit in the structure, it's are we the right organisation for you? And are you the right person for, for us? It's two way. And I think sometimes we forget that, don't we? Oh, absolutely. And I think we also forget that if people are coming from the private sector, they're used to kind of having more coffee and formal meetings that for lots of people, if they're moving within higher education, they're moving because they buy into that, the strategy of the university or they've, they've reached a point in their career where they've delivered everything they can is a big decision for lots of people. And it often involves relocation. It involves upheaval of families and they're looking for a five-year-plus appointment, you know, and, and 
it's about going through that really rigorous process and sometimes it is just about making the offer and then picking up the phone and having that dialogue with them at the moment lots of people are on on some long notice periods three to six months so it's keeping that engagement going throughout that notice period as well so that people come into a role feeling really motivated really energized to join the team and are really able to showcase what they can deliver and I think it's it's a really interesting point that you you made there about the the fact that sometimes within the sector our interview process can be really really formal and I know that there are some views out there that that say actually that's you know that's how it it should be I I suppose I come from a slightly different approach which I think actually the more comfortable you can make candidates even when you are working through a set of pre-agreed questions the more comfortable you make them the more likely they are to open up the more likely you are to see their real personality and whether it's a good fit and sometimes we forget that if we want to get something, we need to create an environment that enables us to, to dive into that. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. But I think it's about having different bits of the process. So it's about even, and you know, Teams has opened up and revolutionised how we can engage with people, even if it's having a first-stage Teams conversation with somebody or kind of one-to-one with them around what the vision is, what the strategy is, what this role is going to achieve then bringing them into a more formal interview or it's having a a formal interview and then having a conversation afterwards. It's not about just having a one size fits all. And I think everyone has to understand that people perform differently in different elements of that. So they may perform really well on the campus tour where they're really relaxed they may perform amazingly on on teams because they've kind of trained themselves to do that and then they may not perform in the panel interview or you have some people that are really good at panel interviews but then are awful at a sort of online virtual meeting so it's about looking and drilling out as much as you can from that individual and having as many different opportunities to see their true personality skill set And I think it's really important to ask the right type of questions at the interview process. So making sure that actually the panel do agree on on what interviews are going to be asked, that there is a formula that you're looking at and and assessing people in the same way, whether that's through a competency-based scoring or whether that is through more formal assessments like written assessments or personality profiling, actually having an agreed opportunity of what you're looking for is fundamental but if the panel don't agree on what they're looking for that's when you get challenges and that's when it's difficult from a candidate's perspective to buy into that vision and and strategy if there's not an agreement yeah that that's so true I love that you know opening up all those different forums to, to pull out people you know where they are I love that so you said this right at the beginning made reference to the last couple of years if people are out there and, and sort of just thinking about starting a recruitment process, are there any any things that have come out over the last couple of years that, that candidates are looking for or wanting that weren't there pre-pandemic? 
Well, I guess we have to talk about the flexibility and the sort of the hybrid working model. I think we're probably in an industrial revolution at the moment in terms of how people work and how they want to work going forward and what that blended model looks like and I think it's about making sure that there is opportunity for flexibility and working from home but in the right environment because actually some roles are critical on site and you need to be visible and present to motivate your teams and it's making sure that from the beginning you have an agreement and I think making a solution for individuals can be slightly concerning you know you need to have a an approach where it's unanimous you know in this type of role this is how how we work there's opportunities for you to work from home or there isn't and just being really clear from the beginning we're certainly seeing more and more candidates asking us around working from home and flexibility and I think universities have always been fairly good at that to be honest with you you know they've always had flexibility and they've also had an approach to getting the right people in, in the right roles but it's just being transparent from the beginning and not just doing something because you think we're not going to attract anybody if we don't do what's right for the business and it's it's a crucial that you do what's right for the team and what's right for the organization and don't just decide on a whim yeah that is is so true and so we've looked at it from the employer's perspective or the employee's perspective actually but from the employer's perspective if there are potential candidates out there is there anything out there that the employers are looking for now that they weren't previously or things that have come to the top of the list that weren't maybe there before to be honest I think everyone's just looking for candidates at the moment there's such a shortage of people um that are looking to move and there's more vacancies than there's ever been before and highest numbers of employment throughout the UK so I think at the moment people are are very much looking for talent and you're seeing a number of people where the traditional adverts aren't working you know back sort of five years ago you could put an advert on a job board and you'd have a, a number of candidates to consider but people don't apply in the same way anymore it's much more around understanding the motivations and candidate attraction so we've done a lot of work with our social media and our online marketing presence we do interactive candidate packs so we do a lot of direct approaching of people through really established networks that we have which is yielding results because people are coming back to us for conversations about you know their next move and, and what that looks like but they're not people that will be actively applying on on the job boards so it's just a really different marketplace at the moment and that candidate attraction piece is absolutely vital you know showcasing your organization in the best possible light and the best opportunities that you have whether you use social media platforms whether you use creative videos and we've done quite a bit around um, sort of online fly-throughs and showcasing certainly in student accommodation showcasing those buildings what's unique about them what are their usps how does that fit into the the broader context and that is really the way that employers are going really it's moving away from having those traditional job posts and if you are using adverts, it's having a good advert, an advert that tells you what the job actually does, where it sits within the institution, and as much detail as possible. You know, we do encourage the salaries, the pension package to be put on there because the university sector still has a phenomenal package. The annual leave allowance is more generous than the private sector. The 
pensions are more generous than the private sector. The training and development programmes are, are hugely enhanced. The paternity leave, maternity leave, adoption leave is much better than you would get in any private sector organisation. So it's showcasing that and it's showing people that it's about the holistic approach and, you know, the well-being of, of people is hugely important. Great. Really good advice, Seth. So from what you said, are there opportunities then for people that want to stay in the sector, but want to sort of shift slightly? So, you know, before previous experience was really high up there on the list, is it now that because of the shortage, people are more open to what, you know, a candidate can bring than they ever were previously? I think they're starting to be, definitely. I think it's still a learning curve for many people. And there's still a number of vacancies that people have got left open for various different reasons because they haven't found the right individual or the right candidate. And I think it's a journey. You know, as I said before, we're definitely going through this revolution in the workplace and there will be more opportunity. And you're starting to see this happening now. And the Res Life is actually quite a good incentive around this because you've seen people move into the res life sector from student services from traditional accommodation roles from even sort of change management roles moving in and there's a couple of people from various charities that have moved across and that's a real example of where people have looked at the person and they've looked at that skill set that they need to be a, a res life manager is not necessarily the same skill set as running the building so that's a really good example of where people have started to look at, at the person and the personality traits and I think you'll start to see that coming through over the next couple of years really as people have to make decisions based on the candidates that are available and having a vacancy left open for a long period of time is equally as damaging as having the wrong person in the role so it's just getting that right really brilliant thank you so changing tack slightly because there's always two questions that I have to ask every one of my guests and you know what these are so when have you had to dive deep and what impact did that have on you I guess personally, it will be obviously the pandemic. We're very used to doing things face to face, you know, and, and actually in person. So having campus tours, meeting everybody face to face, really getting under the skin of, of what they're interested in. And then suddenly to move to a complete virtual platform where you are having conversations with various different people from their houses, you know, from getting that understanding and, and switching over really quickly. I think it's been a, a fantastic improvement for recruitment in general because you're actually able to have meaningful conversations where you can see people online. But it was a real shift change for us moving from, you know, that initial where you could see the physical campus, you get the feeling of the team, you understand what the role is to then moving virtually. And, and it was a different way of working but I think it's been really successful and I think it has opened up opportunities for people. I think it means that you can have more briefings with people. You can meet more of the team now virtually. But the first few that we did, it was like, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> remind me again of, of how to recruit in this way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And, and I think that's it, isn't it? For me, it feels like we've been, you know, pre-pandemic, it was all we have to be there. We have to be face to face. 
then during the pandemic we didn't have to so we went to the other side of the pendulum and and now we're sort of finding our way in the middle and it's taking the best bits from both isn't it and, and finding that way yeah and I think you know people are still finding their way I think as I've said before the kind of blended approach works really well where you do bits of of activity virtually but you still do have some face-to-face interaction and that's probably ultimately where we'll go with the hybrid model like we're doing two days a week in the office so we can all be together as a team share ideas and share knowledge and then we're doing obviously a day a week either kind of meeting people on campuses or doing tours getting back to know all the new buildings that have sprung up over the last couple of years what that looks like and feels like and then a couple of days a week from home so that's the sort of model that we've been doing as a business and we felt that's working really well for us and hopefully we'll continue to do so it also means that you actually can get hold of people and have a conversation you know people are more readily available outside of the nine to five now yeah um which does make it easy you know if you could have a conversation with somebody at seven in the morning or and um, they may be working from home they can jump on a quick teams with you so it's definitely opened up the communication for us in that sense yeah definitely definitely so we've dived deep when have you felt like a fish that climbed a tree probably virtually every day to be honest with you <laughs> every day is changing and I think it's such a fast moving sector at the moment that trying to make sure we're keeping up to date with all the various changes and where people are you know I think there's definitely some regional differences at the moment and you always are feeling like you're having to kind of keep up with what's going on and making sure you've got that knowledge and understanding that's really crucial for us as well that we are up to speed with that and we are moving in the right direction and hopefully things will start to settle down but there's been various instances for that over the last couple of years love that love that I'm a constant fish that climbs a tree <laughs> constantly climbing a tree <laughs> love it recruitment is challenging at the moment you know you are dealing with a lot of different things and it's getting all those balances right and re-educating people in a sector that is moving faster than it would traditionally move yeah interesting times certainly is good to see what the future holds though and I'm still hugely excited about the sector as a whole I was reading some articles this morning around student accommodation and how investors are are really looking forward to working with with purpose-built student accommodation moving forward and I think as that evolves and as commercial services evolve there's some exciting things happening I mean just to name one there's the Commonwealth Games with the University of Birmingham and Warwick actually you know being venues for Commonwealth Games is something absolutely amazing that is completely different to their educational offering but it will really showcase what they're doing as a brand and their facilities and I think it will lead the way for a number of big events to come into the sector. Yeah and that would be wonderful that we need that resurgence don't we we definitely do. It's just showcasing isn't it higher education has been so crucial in the pandemic and I think it will continue to be as we go into the next couple of years with all the various challenges that we've got going on at the moment in the broader context yeah for sure your passion shines through I love chatting to you there is, and there's so much we've only started at the beginning part of recruitment you'll have to come back or, or somebody from MRG will have to come back we'll have to talk about that that mid bit and how you work it through and onboarding and all of those sorts of areas I think we'll make Michael come for the next one I think so I think so <laughs> so it just leads me to say thank you so much 
for giving up your time and, and coming to chat to me and give us your insight in, into recruitment and how as leaders we can make it better for ourselves, our teams, and ultimately the people that we eventually recruit. So how can, if people want to know more, get in touch with you? They can go to my LinkedIn. It's just Hayley Minton or email me, Hayley Minton at mrgpeople.co.uk. Fantastic. And we'll put the MRG website on the show notes as well. So I said thank you already. I shall say thank you again. What final words of wisdom would you like to leave people with today? Well, firstly, thank you for having me on the podcast. I've been an avid listener and it's been amazing some of the guests that you've had on over the last couple of months. And hopefully you'll continue to have more people on that are giving various different insights. Thank you. In terms of my words of wisdom, I think it's about being true to yourself and, and actually being yourself and making sure that from that offset, you showcase your leadership skills, your vision, your strategy, and really are excited and passionate when you're recruiting. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Dive Deep, Climb High podcast with me, Mel Luizu. To help build our community of leadership listeners, please leave me an Apple podcast five-star review. Remember, our fishy adventure doesn't have to end here. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter. Links are in the show notes. Dive deep, climb high, can do leadership in a world of can't.